0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tom, Dick and Hyman show. I am Tom.
1: And I am Hyman, high on moonshine. You've been there uh, hitting the drink quite hard, haven't you? I've been drinking out of a jar, baby. That's what I'm doing. How much was that jar, by the way? Oh, it was a very expensive jar for all of us to be sipping it gently, gently. Everyone, raise a glass You we- never knew you needed cinnamon-tasted
0: alcohol before in your life Until you had cinnamon moonshine from a jar I have had my limit of cinnamon today Anyway Adam, welcome back to the show Say something Thank funny
2: you. Um There's two dicks this week
0: <laughs> Yes, that's true yeah, There right. are yeah. That's right, our second dick Joining us making his debut NHS Ross
3: It's very true, I am a dick <laughs> Big It's true <laughs> Big hairy
2: Dick It's yes. true This That's man has no penis <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard Do you Ghost think Buster? that was ADR? That was a Ghostbusters Do you
0: think that was ADR? That's it was ADR
2: But they also filmed it Because you can see him say it He put his hands up You can say yeah he's no, saying no, something, He definitely but... says it You can see him say it So they definitely filmed him saying it Anyway we're he going off track anyway. Going
0: off track here quite a lot Later on we're going to be asking the question uh, can DC movies can they save what appears to be a, well I mean it's really disappointing movie franchise isn't it their I cinematic mean, universe has been terrible they've been
1: blasting out an SOS to all the audience members and I think we should just ignore it it's like the titanic just let it float away and die and uh, a gas Most
0: station float away son. <laughs> anyway <You're a> dick <laughs> The gas station is burning in the middle of Milwaukee. That can only mean the return of race riots to the United States of America.
1: Oh, thank God. I've been waiting for their second album. (laughs) But kicking us off,
0: off, we're going to be talking about the NHS and whether it's being mismanaged and uh, whether or not the Tories are planning to privatise it. All that and more on the Tom and Hyman Show. so uh, as said in the intro we have a special guest making his debut on this episode russ welcome to the show thank you for having me now uh hyman didn't actually tell me what your job is he just said it's something to do with the nhs
3: that that that's pretty much it to be honest yeah um i i currently look at means and ways of uh making it more efficient and and run smoother and help the patient experience and uh, various bits But like get paid probably more than a person who is permanently employed by the NHS to do so.
2: Ooh.
0: Are you one of these so-called consultants?
3: No, they still get paid a lot more than I do. Um, okay. no, I am one of these so-called contractors, though, that, that the NHS couldn't possibly survive without, apparently. Now...
0: You work with the NHS in terms of finding inefficiencies and like eliminating them?
3: Yeah, so I, I a large bulk of my work is looking at the length of patient pathways. So how long they've had to wait from the moment of referral to treatment and and trying to work out ways of making that more efficient expedient for the patients.
1: So you're kind of fault-finding to then try and find ways around it. You so have I an impossible you job. Were,
3: you were chop it in to fix a hospital or a region's paperwork and then chop it out. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a, an example of the place I'm working at the moment. So we came in, normally the team of us go in because the place is in a lot of trouble. And um, on uh, this particular occasion we came in because the trust that required us basically won a bursary and they were in profit last year, which for the NHS is a really rare thing, apparently. Mm. And uh, they decided they needed a team like us to be in there, which was kind of funny, because we tend to find problems and fix them. But apparently there were no problems. So you're like a troubleshooter type? Yeah, sort of. Although this particular place took three days to start fighting. There were pooping. lots of issues. I kill everyone. <laughs> he shoots trouble. troubleshooter. That's, that's why I'm no longer managing surgery, because they gave me a scalpel once and it just wasn't pretty. (laughs) I think New Labour made
0: it so that any patient had to be seen within four hours or something like Um, that
3: so yeah there's a few targets that the NHS are working towards Um, there's the A&E targets which as you say is all patients, it's not all patients it's um, I believe 95% of patients coming to A&E are to be seen and either discharged or shifted or admitted to a ward within four hours Mm. Yeah. how often
0: does the NHS Um, hit that?
3: there are some trusts that do Um, You'll probably find there's more trusts that are declaring a code black with regards to that situation. A code black is basically a situation where trust says, we can't cope with what's coming here at the moment. Various of them end up basically bouncing patients elsewhere. There's a few reasons. In part, it's because patients don't have access to doctors necessarily. Like a GP type thing? Yeah. Like within, you know, working hours, you can go see your GP outside of five o'clock. Unless you're lucky to have somewhere. You can't get an emergency appointment. GPs don't work seven days a week. And to be honest, people, if they're in lots of pain, will tend to think it's an emergency.
0: Mm. Worried well
3: is a phrase I see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Dr. Google has a lot to answer for as well.
0: Dr.
3: Dr. Google is the most knowledgeable and moronic person in the world, apparently. Wait, isn't
1: the system you go through Dr. Mario, then Dr. (laughs) Google, and then
3: you actually leave the house? No, 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 no. It's Dr. Google first, because then Dr. Mario gives you the medication. Yeah, he's the pharmacist. Yeah. Yeah. I misunder I tell that's why I'm always so unwell. That's why I was eating mushrooms all the time as well.
0: <laughs> Look, I've got to admit I have done this before in the past. I went to Hammersmith Hospital with pains in my chest and it's just yeah, it's just digestion. I just finished my lunch and I was like, Oh my god.
3: Like, Let, okay, really- pl- please tell me it's one of those classic things where like, okay, fine, does this hurt? They press your stomach and you just fart really loudly. <laughs> and they're like, right, get out. <laughs> nah, she
0: was like she was quite good looking doctor. So I was like, my sphincter was clenched quite- <laughs> <laughs> But it was the um, it's that thing, I was on that NHS Direct website. Yep. And everything, at the very, very bottom, it always says, could be cancer. Yeah. And so, of course, like, everyone's going to scroll all the way
3: down to the bottom and have a heart attack. Of course. Oh, well, there's the other thing as well, right? But yeah, chest pains will do that for you.
1: <laughs> so, in essence, is it more the numbers of uh, people?
3: That's screwing everything up or is it the system they're going through that's screwing it up there, there's a few things to, to kind of look at here first of all um the the misunderstanding that the nhs is one big organization because it isn't if, if you like to think about it as a massive corporate body which it's trying to sort of shift into nhs or nhs england is the big overarching parent body um, and every individual trust is a separate company throughout like a franchise, yeah, like a McDonald's it, franchise. Essentially, exactly, exactly. Um, it's almost as easy to buy an NHS trust as it is in a McDonald's franchise. Oh, so,
0: if you want to set up a hospital, you decide whether you want to be part of the NHS franchise or just private.
3: Um, well, you you, you would. It, it's slightly more difficult than that, but essentially, yes. If you if you have the facilities in a place that doesn't necessarily have them already, or you may just set up a hospital and that thing gets incorporated into existing trusts, right. Um... Or they may do something like merging various trusts as well, uh, which can cause all sorts of problems. Different systems and trying to mash together? Yeah, so one of the places I previously worked, um, we were one very large trust and then brought in two other trusts that weren't doing so well. Is that just to fudge the numbers? It was apparently to make things better for the patients. I can say certainly up to now, and bearing in mind this was, what, four years ago? It's not really got any better so far it did get significantly worse to start off with because was like right we can just start sending patients everywhere and patients tend not to want to travel too far if they're already seeing one doctor's mm. one place or if they live nowhere near One of the places to go to in the first place. So that's not a target that they
0: they can't go, uh, like, the maximum has to be like nine miles or something
3: Um, like that? No, no, there's no no target there. At the end of the day, there are certain, you know, there are certain trusts, there are certain places um, that will treat a patient better anyway, that Mm. have the expertise. So, I mean, I'm Mm. in a specialist trust at the moment. We we deal with one particular area of the body. If I say what it is, I'll say where I'm working, and I guess that's probably not the best idea. Is Um, it the penis? There's lots of places you can go and get your dick fixed. (laughs) (laughs) i say it's a bit of a the ass but... (laughs) So you will get people from all over the place getting referred into. Now, bearing in mind the place I'm at has lots of satellite sites as well. So you can potentially find a place to go to. Um, The really stupid thing is is that where there are satellite sites, it's also within a trust that also has its own department for these types of things as well. So
1: boxes within boxes within boxes.
3: So, that's kind of, I guess, an example of the inefficiency of the NHS to start off with. Um, you know, you've Which got... Just it's huge. It has to be well, inefficient. Well, the NHS it's is huge. Abso- absolutely huge. Are
2: so you going to get ineffic- inefficiencies?
3: There are inefficiencies and there is just pure stupidity. Going back to his earlier point, or Hyman's earlier point, I should say. So, obviously, the NHS is, is not just one single body. Um, there, there are two issues. People are trying to run it as a corporation. Quick um, question. You're yes. saying
1: they're trying to run it as a business. How were they running it beforehand?
3: To to be fair, up until about 2013, the NHS as a whole was actually making a profit. I believe it was about £250 million profit, NHS-wide. Threatening to cut the legs off, I get it. Yeah. So you pay up. Um, (laughs) And then the next year, it was significantly decreased to about £150 million in the red. Um, So that's a loss of £400 million in a year. Where the hell did that money go? No one can really explain it. Do they have, like, special accountants come in and
1: go, like, these are the actual books type thing? If it's so
0: disparate, how do you audit it if there's well, all thi- these different books everywhere? Thi- this
3: is kind of the problem, is that everyone's talking about the NHS as a whole. Each individual mm. trust, as I said, is essentially run as their own business. So they will then report into the wider body. This is why the computer databases never work, then. No, the computer databases don't work. They would do, but apparently we can't centralise the databases because patients are afraid of their information being... Um, Oh, DCHQ. Yeah, basically. Apparently, it's a data protection thing, which is absolutely ridiculous because, for example, I'm a patient at One Trust. Yeah. Um, I have another one down the road from where I live, uh, and I'm a patient. I've been there a few times. I have some records of my own there. If I happen to be in a completely different city and I'm unconscious, no one can get my medical history. Oh,
0: God. I'm, Even I'm, when they ID you, they can't...
3: They'll ID me and they'll try and... Wait. I don't have anything on there that says who my GP is, for example, mm, or who mm. my consultants are for my, my long-term chronic conditions. See, I'm or,
1: very much pro this approach because I'm part of uh, the courier... Like, uh, you're the one on the... you've got the heart on the back yeah, of your moped. I'm part of the courier union. Like, How else do you get the information across? I mean, we stopped pneumatic tubes, we stopped pigeons, we're damned (laughs) if we're going to stop the internet trying to pass this information across. People power, that's what it's about. You need the information about one person, you get a man, on a, a lady on a bike as well. They got the vote.
3: <laughs> the, the, the other problem with that one is, though, is that those people on bikes end up getting, like, crushed by big lorries, so that information never gets where they needs to get to. And collateral then you, don't know, collateral you damage. don't know their medical history. No, exactly, though. because they've been, like, they've been pulled from the place that they were coming to all the way down because you can't hire a local one, obviously. This idea
0: of NHS ran as a business, mm. most businesses, the more customers you have, the more people coming in, the more revenue you're making, right? Where NHS, it's almost the opposite, right? The
1: more people who are ill and injured, the more the NHS has got to spend. So it's perpetually taking out. There's like a big coffer... And it's only loo- it can only lose money. You're saying.
0: Well, most businesses, the more customers you have, the more profit you make. But NHS doesn't it's, like it can't work like that.
2: So
3: part of the problem is is there are set targets for patients to be treated. As I said before, you got the four weeks within A and E. Um, there is also the um, so what we call the two week wait rule for cancers. So if you're referred, you have two weeks to be seen, and then if you so require, you have up to 62 days to start treatment. But within that as well, if they diagnose you at day three. Mm and they say right we need to treat you you then have 31 days that 62 day rule becomes irrelevant and you have 31 days from the point of realizing a patient has cancer to treat them so people are jumping back and forth in the queue mm. so to speak so like um, fast lane slow lane well the fast the, the fast lane the way to get yourself seen quickly is to be referred for potential cancer i'm not suggesting that this is the <laughs> way we should do anything by the way people in actual fact that's a big part of the problem with the NHS. Yeah,
0: don't walk into A&E with a migraine saying you've got brain cancer.
3: No, no, please don't. Um, And also don't think that a hemorrhoid is anal cancer. I can't tell you the number of people who used to come in having wiped their asses after taking a crap, with blood on the tissue paper, freaked out, gone to their GP, who's been like, hmm, I think you have cancer. So the national figures were around about 10% of all people who were referred for a form of cancer, whichever it may have been, well, I think overall, of the however many millions uh, per year, or hundred thousands rather, 10% of them were found to have cancer. Previous place I worked, that figure was 2% of people referred. And those numbers of people being referred for potential cancer had increased by about 50% as well in the space of two years. Okay, so apart from the admin and apart from the patients, do you <coughs> find the doctors also don't quite understand the system? So that, that in part is to do with um, educational GPs. Which... Yeah everyone will have seen adverts saying if you have these symptoms yeah you might want you might think you have cancer you might want to go get checked out that's all very noble and that's great and to be honest no question that probably needs to be the case however um, it's not a practicality it's it's not a practicality so anytime that you have like bleeding gums could be mouth cancer yeah anytime you have um, a mole on your skin could be skin cancer yeah There are probably needs to be set up certain ways and certain trusts are doing this now where they're actually triaging the patients as their referrals are coming in. Part of the problem here comes with what the GPs are sending over with regards to the information they're providing. If they're not really providing significant or sufficient information, you have a bit of a problem because you then have to see that patient.
0: And you've got to re-diagnose
2: them, you know?
3: You then, so the patient comes in, oh, the GP probably cannot diagnose the majority of cancer. They can say something looks suspicious if they can see it. The big one at the moment is lung cancer, and if you've had a cough for three weeks. And then they refer you to the specialist. They'll refer you. Certain places will basically be able to look at the referral if it's been done properly and say, okay, fine, you know what? You probably don't. We'll send you for a test, and we'll let you know the results. That would be a much more efficient way of doing things. Right. But that's a very slow process to try and bring in, because doctors are... Loath to change at times You'll find some are very progressive And some not so much But in answer to your question Is it the doctors Who are kind of like Running
1: Their paperwork side
3: The doctors aren't really Running the paperwork side Part of the problem is The doctors want to do What doctors do Which is treat people And look after people And do research And, and you know Expand that way And teach another other bits and pieces What they don't really want to be doing Is admin work You know Simple things like Discharging patients Who don't need to be seen On a regular follow up I'm seeing patients post op Who you know You've had a minor operation You don't need to come back in Patients will if you tell them to come in. Then you have the other problem: of patients not turning up, which is another expensive cost for the NHS. A hundred and eighty pound an appointment. Oh! Any time a patient doesn't turn up, it costs one hundred and eighty pound. But we don't charge the patient. I'm feeling
0: really ashamed of myself right
3: now. <laughs> what? How, How many appointments up? have you DNA, Tom? I'm That's getting you discharged from everywhere. <laughs> So um, I read, I think it was both
0: in The Guardian and The Telegraph, which kind of means it's probably true, that there's a budget deficit of uh, £930 million in regards to the NHS. Now, how how does, how does like, that's nearly a billion pounds. How does something like that happen? Because you're saying, like, it wasn't that long ago they were actually in the black.
3: So part of it comes down to uh, fines, which, as a result of going over the targets we've already mentioned, um, you get fined over certain amounts. Oh, who, what, <coughs> like the the state? NHS England fine, individual trust. I believe it's NHS England. I'm not entirely sure exactly how. There, there's various bodies involved in actually kind of like monitoring this and, and doing stuff. Department of Health is obviously one of them. NHS England, the local CCGs, the Care Quality Commission are involved in various things as well. I've never really fully understood where the fines are supposed to go. And to be Ooh. honest, most of the time the trusts that I've been at tend not to be in a position to be reporting their figures. They don't know themselves. Oh, they they know them. Or okay. They hold back. But they're, they're, they're sometimes so bad that you can't necessarily... Uh, um, so what? The they hold back until like the
1: the storm was blown over, and then they kind of go like they're not asking anymore.
3: No, no, they kind of have an agreement um, with with their local authorities essentially that they won't have to worry about it. Don't to not ask, you, don't tell. Essentially, trust. I was working out up until fairly recently had over a thousand fifty two week waiters, patients who have waited over a year from the point of referral to the point of treatment, and in some cases the point of first appointment. Jesus. To give you an idea of where the issues come with this, every month that that patient is over 52 weeks costs five grand to the trust. And each month it's another five grand, and another five grand, and another five grand. It can't be administrative because it's got to be just the. the that's the that's fines. just fines. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just fines. So. They they had an agreement with ultimately with NHS England to say that they wouldn't have to report on these figures. They would have to report to NHS England the actual figures that they've got at the time being, but they wouldn't have to like, I guess, officially report them um, as an issue and therefore incur the fines that would therefore be involved in it. Net versus gross type thing. To a point that kind of gets factored in. The the other thing is is you, a lot of people come in as a contractor. Like or, six months, a year? That yeah, or, or as a locum. So like locum nurses, for example, they'll basically be on an agency's books or they may well be on the books of the internal agency for the trust that they're actually working at so they can work extra shifts within them and get paid separately. They tend to get paid more than someone who is employed Yeah, an yeah. And the amount of staff required at the moment means a lot more of these people are being employed. Almost kind of, it's sounding like it's costing double the amount it would. Potentially. Yeah. What's the cost benefit analysis
0: of taking someone from scratch, training them up, sending them to uni and getting them all the like, uh, relevant training rather than just going to say like a country in Africa and going okay look you've paid money to train up <laughs> these nurses and doctors already, we're just going to poach them now.
3: Um, part of the problem is is that if you want to become a doctor you have to pay to go to university. Nine, nine grand, obviously depending on where you're going, but mm-hmm. it's nine grand for six years, possibly seven depending on the extras that you add on to it. Mm. Um, you then work fairly horrific hours as a junior, uh, on calls and various other things. The, the days of the 120-hour weeks have probably disappeared, but it's still well, not I didn't exactly. even know there were... I thought it was like max 80, 90... Uh, there, there were... So I, I... In between university and law school, I worked um, at one trust in the occupational health department. And some of the things I found were fairly horrific, or some of the things I found out, I should say, um, were, were fairly horrific to my mind at the time. And doctors kind of accepted it as the norm. Like, these but,
1: are the trenches to go through.
3: Well, the norm for a junior was a, a minimum at times a 100-hour week. When you say that, do you mean, is that including working and studying or just working? No, so as a junior, they've they technically already finished their degree, but they're always still studying up until the point of being a consultant. Even when you become a consultant, you're still yeah, studying. I mean, you don't get uh, tested on exams, but you have to read yeah. up on everything. You, you kind of do get tested for exams as well, but this would be on call hours for the most part. So you're, yeah. you're working, yeah, you're I'm learning. I'm sure it
2: takes 20 years to become a good doctor. Um, um, yeah. Yeah if um, so everyone it is, thinks basically.
3: junior doctor they think like a 24,
2: so what or 25 of would you, would you want? Like, I I want ju- I've got one.
3: friends of mine junior doctors are 45, 50 years old yeah. it's a title rather I mean, than an age yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been studying to be a, wow. a doctor with the Open
1: University it's going to take me forever am, am, pre- am I prejudiced I am
2: I prejudiced to say that I would prefer a doctor to be like at least older than me, um, I would want someone who has a vast experience against someone who doesn't have yeah, You wouldn't have want it to be
0: experience. that 15-year-old dickhead around the corner, yeah. <laughs> really? Doogie
2: Howser. I mean. You wouldn't <laughs> want it to be Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser was <laughs> a great doctor. Well, that's the point because he's a genius. But, you know, most people <laughs> um, aren't. I should
3: totally
1: see what you got there. because You've got a misnomer, don't you? That is what it is. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I read it was, um, there's... I think there's like 23, 24,000 vacancies of doctors and nurses at the that, moment that's that probably urgently need to be filled. How do you fill those
3: what? by Monday? Um, you make lots of phone calls you make lots of phone calls around the country say guys we need you desperately Um, to who what taxi drivers well probably to be honest I mean a lot of guys who come over from other countries are probably more medically trained than our guys (laughs) but weren't ever given the chance to work in the first place bringing it back to say
1: working with an agency Hmm. because you've been hired by an agency to work in the NHS trust and you get paid an amount but the agency gets paid the exact same
3: amount you do so in, in essence the NHS is paying double for you so bearing in mind that well, certainly for, for what I do and this is different obviously for a lot of people who are working the more clinically trained ones are obviously not coming in short term necessarily the nurses probably will do Yeah, you may pull in a, a, a locum consultant um, for a period of time now the NHS has or certain trusts have certainly introduced a scheme where if you're there for a year on an interim basis or a locum basis in the case of a doctor and they're planning on keeping you further they will have to employ you permanently or you cannot work there Because for that exact reason, you're hiring someone, you're paying more than you would do otherwise. Yeah. But then the problem is because you've been doing that the question then becomes why would that person then want to work for less money for less money on a permanent basis they're, you're basically still giving them all the benefits that you would do as is the case and certainly with some consultants you're giving them the benefit of well you're working for this period of time sometimes they'll agree an annual rate with the, uh, you know an annual rate with the uh, consultant and they'll work the same hours or have the same contract but it just be they're getting paid more why would a, you know, a consultant especially want to change that situation he can go somewhere else and work somewhere else afterwards yeah the There's a misunderstanding that doctors are there purely to help people. Doctors, that is their prime focus on things, is to help people. A lot of people are there because they can make money. Yeah,
0: I can't remember where I read this, but it used to be uh, you became a doctor because you saw the horrors of, like, warfare you saw people like breaking their legs and what have you and it just kind of triggered something in you where you're like oh I want to I want to know how to deal with it's that it's all very right. romantic whereas it's we live in the romantic. most peaceful times really ever
2: but it's irrelevant it's all
0: very
2: you know it's all about the money it's a certain, it has to be a certain level of security provided because it takes such a long time
3: yeah you get remunerated
2: for become a doctor but
3: but let's you know you, you have a person who's working say an 18 hour day and he'll operate and save say 20 lives in that period of time assuming he has theatre space to actually work in the first place in his name.
2: Doctor Strange
3: yes or Professor Strange depending on which we're reading does <laughs> he what, what? Uh, what do
0: that whenever someone calls him Doctor he goes no 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 Professor yeah. and then when they call him Professor he's like excuse me Doctor
3: <laughs> if you've watched Gotham recently then yes but yeah, you, you'll get people who, who work that period of time and they're saving that many lives and you would expect someone in that situation a high stress situation to be remunerated sufficiently what about our medical schools? Are they still top-notch? The, the training, as I understand it, is still fantastic. A lot of people from other countries will come over here for a year or two years to study over here, to practice over here, to develop their skills further anyway. So I would think that that's probably... But we're not
0: retaining them then if there's a shortage.
3: Potentially not. Is it a money thing? Is it that it's just
0: mismanagement of funds? Before like, you answer that, bring up a point here cool. about how the NHS and um, the Tories promised... Eight billion pounds to be added to the budget by 2020, but the NHS is saying no. We need that eight billion, or at the very least four billion of it, right now. So,
3: from my perspective, it's purely from your perspective. From from my perspective, if I'm being honest, we're more Doctor Utker than an actual doctor. Okay, that's good. That's good. From from what I can see, if I'm being honest, the NHS doesn't need to have money thrown at it. The worst thing you can possibly do is with a with a black hole is throw more stuff in it because it mm. will just disappear. I have said for a long time, I say on a fairly regular basis when I'm at work, I would love to be in a situation where my job didn't need to exist. I also, through the work that I'm doing now and to a point, my previous role as sort of managing services and, and various departments within the NHS, people have a horrible case of it's not my job, itis. Don't
0: point the finger at me, that kind of thing. Or like. well,
3: no, not even that. It's like, right, can you do this? please it's not my job but you're the perfect person to be able to do it it's not explicitly necessarily written into your contract mm. which people love to bring up on a regular basis how do we get ad hoc duties added to NHS contract they're in there <laughs> this this is a stupid thing is that anytime anyone ever said that to me anyone that I was managing ever said that to me I did turn around to say well hang on a second see so that last line in your contract that says any other duties you may be asked to carry out and I'm not asking to go in I'm not asking secretaries to go into theaters and start performing complex heart surgery yeah, exactly. you're asking them to fill in like a different type of files I'm, I'm asking them to do something that they have told me previously they have done and are capable of doing <laughs> um, oh, so you hired someone that lied <laughs> I'm, I'm able to you know I, I'm doing it on the basis of I see what works that they're oh, doing okay. and that they have time to go ahead and take five minutes out of their very very busy schedule and I'm going to sound very controversial here but a lot of times sitting around drinking coffee and eating biscuits some of them yep I'm not decrying the work of the administrators. But there's a lot of times where people are just like, right, I've done what I need to do. I'm going to sit and wait till someone else gives me something of this to do. Duty of care, isn't it? Yeah, there is a duty An of unselfish care. selfish attitude. There is, again, unfortunately, I'm very much in the minority. You know, I feel like I'm in a, mon- a minority of people in that respect. There does seem to be a concern in the media that the, ever since Thatcher, uh,
0: the Tories have been trying incrementally to actually defund the NHS in terms of public finances and get it privatised and make it a commercial outfit. Do you think they are actually trying to privatise it?
3: Uh, there's no question they're trying to privatise it. You know, Jeremy Hunt, thanks, he is the new James Blunt. Thanks for saying Blunt. that correctly. Yeah, it, it took a lot of self-restraint. <laughs> There, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Jeremy Hunt has base almost made it his mission to ruin the NHS. Does he own a share in Bupa? He does own a share in a private healthcare company. Oh, he's a cunt. <laughs> is no. he doing that because
0: it will actually bring about efficiencies, or is it just capitalist ideology that no, you can't the have the market work? It's too much socialism. Do you know? I, yeah. I
3: think, I think there's probably not, I can't believe I'm even saying that I agree possibly partially with something that that absolute arsewipe said. Hey, Mussolini made the trains run on time. He did. Jeremy Hunt has done nothing but piss everyone off. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, can, I can understand to a point the idea that if people, you know, the NHS is abused by everyone. I say abused. It, it's used not necessarily in the way that it was meant to be used in the first place by a lot of people. But the the idea that if you make someone pay for something, it will stop them necessarily using it as much as they would do. Well, makes a has, lot of sense. Oh, it has yeah. an intrinsic value. Would make some sense in some respect though. It would like people would have a little bit more restraint. The issue comes, however, when you look at something like the American system, and the American system is a prime example of this one. You know, Obamacare has done a lot of wonderful things for a lot of people, nowhere near enough. Yeah,
0: uh, mandatory health insurance, right? If Either. you can
3: afford it. If you can't afford it, you don't get treated. Yeah. yeah. The the, the 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 thing is, you're in a car accident in the States. Depending on where, in which city and everything else, there are free hospitals you can go to. But if you're in a car accident in the States, pretty much the first thing they'll do is check to see if you have an insurance card. But
0: pound for pound, is the American private insurance system better or worse than the NHS?
3: You're looking at two very different situations though. Because over the, the American insurance-based situation where, where a person has to spend, say, sometimes upwards of $15,000 a year on in insurance that they may never ever need to use right yeah that's one hundred fifty thousand dollars over like 10 years mm. and these people you may be lucky that your company's paying for it and you still I, have to
1: pay deductibles on that well everything which mm. is crazy and it's only they pay like a share of it yeah which is
3: but uh, in the
0: long better. run does it work out better
3: we already have a private health care system over here so i'm kind of you know i i have private health care one of the reasons i get so frustrated and, and, and angry with the way various things within the hs are run i'm a patient as well as working there yeah you know, i've seen it from both sides and I got rushed into hospital. I was in A&E for nine hours and they gave me two paracetamol. My bowel was on the verge of perforation. And just to let that there was no one in the hospital at six o'clock in the morning. No, no patients, I mean in a and I then, after a night on a ward, had private health insurance, got sent to a private hospital. I was in there for 10 weeks. The cost of my stay in there, the surgery I had, the HCU care, the ITU care, the supplies that I had to get sent home with because of the various surgeries I had, ended up costing, ultimately the insurance company, over £250,000. A cross-comparison with the States was it would have worked out to about two and a half million. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be in the millions. Just going in and having a nurse coming and taking blood would have probably cost about 10 grand.
0: How confident do you feel that the NHS will, say 10 years from now, will still operate in the same way it's operating now? Or do you think it will be privatised by then?
3: It won't be privatised by then. There's certainly a move towards it. Um, it depends entirely on who's in government at the time. Mm. I get the feeling... If this current government comes in, I I was worried when Theresa May—I gotta say—when Theresa May um, apparently fired Jeremy Hunt from the cabinet. Yeah, that. I uh, I was, I was with my bad back and all, jumping up and down for joy. (laughs) And I think you'll find most of the country probably was. And then half hour later. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like, no, no, I'm still here, and I wanted to shoot myself. People have to bear in mind that there are are restrictions with the way that the NHS can run. The biggest problem, to be honest, is patients overusing the services that are available to them. And that's across the board. We're not just talking hospitals. We're talking GPs, social services, counselling, everything else. Yeah,
0: even the fucking website.
3: Well, the fucking website crashes. Like, you know, I mean, apparently I got reminded by Facebook a little while ago, apparently I had swine flu. I only know this because I, I typed in the symptoms I had at the time and it said, you have swine flu on oh, nhs direct and i was no. like oh okay uh, i thought
0: you were referencing you know the facebook feature it's like do you remember this memory and it was like your dad's funeral but yeah fucking thanks facebook. Oh, well, <laughs> like, that, that,
3: that, like, don't get me wrong it's I, I get a few of those coming up um i mean dad was in hospital last year the nhs was wonderful for him then by the way he saved his life it was fantastic so in essence we're the problem would you say like a a push of money to educate people on how to use the nhs i think everyone needs to grow some balls if i'm being honest the gps do the amount of times I see a letter saying, we refer this patient, there's nothing wrong with her, but she just won't leave us alone, so we can let yeah. you deal with her and tell her to disappear. She's insisting They're she's identifying
0: as a man. There's nothing wrong
3: with her. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> grows and <laughs> um, balls, is that what you say? Is that um, service
0: available? <laughs> I wouldn't say
3: that to the patient. I would say that to the doctors who grows and balls instead. Yeah, so he could be the them. one to give her the bad news that, look, there is nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Apparently, telling a patient there is nothing wrong with them is really bad news. It's depressing. It, yeah. could, it could offend them. It's like, but I can't mean? stop coughing. Well, then stop smoking 60 fags a day. <laughs> so, oh, and walking around with a pipe just stuck up your nose for the fun of it. So uh, um, everyone is so fucking softly, softly. No one wants... Everyone's afraid of being sued. Everyone's afraid of complaints. Mm. Your clinical and medical malpractice. Mm. Um, but those situations happen. They don't happen because someone has said, you're absolutely fine, there's nothing wrong with you. Doctors are trained to be able to say those things in the first place. The same when someone comes to A&E. If you come to A&E and you've got, oh, I sprained my wrist... Sorry A&E is not the place For you to come To sit there And wait for four hours Mm. For someone to have a look at it Send you for an x-ray You don't need Strap you up And not charge you For anything you've had There in the first place And then wait Because someone has to Fill in the paperwork For you to go home In the first place as well
0: (laughs) Alright That was a Very interesting talk there Talking about the NHS inefficiencies And mismanagement Coming up in the next segment, talking about race riots in America.
1: I'm sorry, all. I'm going to have to stop you there, Tom. I'm going to actually pat you down and double and, check. You're not up, carrying don't any weapons there. Hands up, don't shoot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we're back. So, yeah, as I said in the intro, a gas station in the middle of Milwaukee is burning that signals the return of race riots to the United States. It's 1992 all over again.
1: I like the idea that the American government hide a race riot card in one gas station all around America. And they found it eventually and they burnt it down. And they started the race riots again.
0: Yeah, we've seen the return of race riots in America in Milwaukee. I don't know if it's still currently burning, but in the prior week it had burnt down quite a bit well at least in the black neighborhoods. I mean after having their power turned off I mean it's good to
1: know where they can see where they're going
0: yeah I mean the first thing you do when the lights go off in your house is torch the nearest gas station yeah I mean (laughs) someone said Victor Frankenstein is up that hill and uh, this all happened because a police officer shot dead a armed black man I think it was initially reported in the media that they were not armed they were unarmed and it was also initially assumed in the media that the police officer was white Now, almost the very second that it became known the police officer was actually also black, the media did not give a shit about this story anymore whatsoever.
1: I mean, I think we need to pause and also say, in a sense, that no shooting on any level is right, especially in an urban environment. Cameron, by the way, welcome to the podcast.
0: You did, in fact, make it. I did, yeah. We didn't think you were going to make it.
4: Well, you know, I I drove on a a flat tire.
0: (laughs) So the black community of Milwaukee, after hearing that another young black man was shot dead by a police officer, they took to the streets. They
1: started knocking over
0: lampposts. I
1: think it's quite pressing the way you said another another race riot no just the way you get like another race riot like oh my god why can't they do something better why don't they get a better football team they can follow that then
0: yeah why aren't they into sports more
3: (laughs) yeah doesn't that placate the masses that was supposed to placate the masses wait 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 Are are we talking about black people or the white people who are attacking the black people
0: no, we're talking about black people. Well, there were... we're, were
3: black the people stuff. matter, Russ. <laughs> <raffle, aren't you? laughs> Get it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the Chinese. Oh,
1: those
0: bastards. All right, all right. <laughs> The season hasn't
2: started yet. Another opium war!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going way off track here <laughs> mm-hmm. by mentioning the Chinese. So they've taken to the streets because they believe it's, it was a white cop shooting an unarmed black man, and that turned out not to be true. <gasps> but there are allegations... Because um, I saw videos of the riots, like, mm-hmm. through, like, they were live streaming it on their mobile phones and what have you. <laughs> of course. And um, they were, I didn't this see This gets anything. a thumbs up. I didn't see, you know the original Denny, 1992 LA riots, the white truck driver? Yeah. And they stood in front of the truck lorry. He stopped... And they dragged him out, and they, uh, someone, I think someone threw like a concrete brick or something like that, a cinder block at his head. There were allegations that that happened. I didn't see any of that on video. What I did see though, where you, you could hear people in the background going, Oh, they're white, they're white, go get them, go get them. So they were obviously targeting whites. And there was another video where. Uh, racist. Yeah. Two white guys were driving along and um, they suddenly uh, these black crowds start throwing bricks at their cars and saying like yeah go go get them get them blah blah blah
1: wait hold on quick question how fast between the shooting and then the rioting happened What well, like what was it like a day was it a few hours I'd say was it's it?
0: between 24 and 48 hours okay yeah. so it was
1: very 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 fast turnaround
0: now I mean it's it's shades of 1992 LA riots you if you remember the images from those riots it was uh, it was young black people going around destroying their own neighborhood so they were destroying stores that were owned by black people in the black neighborhood whilst chanting black power with their fists raised in the air so, yeah I want
1: to posit something that's going to be kind of controversial here go on. Maybe it's not black people. Maybe it's young people.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of these riots that are taking place in America, who are they led by? I mean, are they led by elder members of the black community or do you actually see them out there burning shit or is it the youths? Well, you know going to happen, back to like Edmonton, the, the 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 riots that were happening there.
0: What tends to happen is the riots are yeah, the pro- predominantly young blacks. Uh, predominantly male, but there are some young black females there as well. What the older generation tends to do is hold vigils, where they'll go to a church and they say, "Like, I oh, will pray for this family and we blah, blah, blah. shall peaceful. overcome."
4: Yeah, but what about kids? But what does you have it say to admit? There have been a lot of r- random or accidental police shootings on black people. I mean, what was the, who was the guy random or accidental? All right, all right, all right, all right, But you know uh, what I mean, you. whereby they were unjustified. Say, um, who was the care worker looking after like an autistic patient? The autistic patient was having, like,
0: yeah, a that was fit. That was And up. He, he was, was like, you know, lying, lying ground, down, yeah. saying
4: like, I, "My hands are up, please don't shoot
1: me." Yeah, I the, I the police officer patient. that
0: shot him said he didn't know why. So
1: when why they they ask why did he he I didn't, didn't, didn't ask for that yet.
0: <laughs> but why are they destroying their own communities? Why are they going around burning down black stores run by black people they in, in a black neighborhood?
4: Mindless rage.
3: They've been driven Be- to a point
4: where they just don't know what
3: to do. But they're also like kind of banned from coming anywhere near a white area in the first place, right? Yeah. They might actually get shot if they go to white. Yeah, they area. don't <laughs> shuttle
2: them into the area. Only, <laughs> like...
0: only if they're driving a car. we well, oh, burning down houses.
3: I think. Look, I think
2: it's the summer. You know, burning really down the well, house. Of, like, heat well, people get like stroke Well, people get
3: really hot and they. Some oh. Mad dogs and Englishmen and all that shit. That's when things shit happens. I mean, to be summer. fair, that the riots in London it. were in the summertime. I was I was working in Icebridge and everyone got really scared. You don't really have the energy for it down. in winter. You know, it's a depressing time. The yeah, year so You want to You know.
1: No, but that's hmm. the thing. People should riot in the winter. <laughs> that means you get out, you get some exercise, you'll be helping the NHS, you won't be uh, as unfit. <laughs>
0: There was something interesting that happened. So the guy who got shot in Milwaukee was, I believe I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, Civil Smith. Civil.
4: I know. Wow. I had a difficulty looking at his name and trying to pronounce it. Wait, Seilville. No, he sounds evil. He sounds like
3: a Harry
4: Potter. Smith.
0: But his sister, she had a bunch of microphones shoved in her face and a bunch of TV cameras. So kind of
3: like us right now, then, eh?
0: Yeah, kind of. Okay. And it was quite interesting the way CNN portrayed her. So uh, we'll have a little listen. Family and friends holding a vigil marked by prayers. Thy
2: kingdom come, thy
3: will be done. With his sister calling for peace. Don't bring the violence here and the ignorance here.
1: Don't bring the violence here. Ship it off in easy installments.
0: (laughs) Consolidate your violence. (laughs) So you heard her say there in that brief, brief audio clip. That was a yeah, rough as well. Point. Yeah, do not bring the violence here. So CNN tried to make out that she was saying she, this, she was making a call for peace. Right? Here's what she actually said.
2: So is Mama God.
0: So yeah, as you can hear there, she wasn't actually making a call for peace at all. She yep. was just saying, look, move the protests away from the black neighbourhoods into the white neighbourhoods.
4: I don't know, was she though? Was she really saying... no do you think lives in the Yeah, I get that, but do you really think she was saying, no, g- She was she inciting, uh, inciting like race wars, like going over and burning like white people's property? Or was she saying, why are you doing it to our place? If you've got to do something, go and do it somewhere fucking else. And, but I don't want you to do it entirely. I don't want you to do it at all. But if you've got mm. to do it, don't do it in her own fucking backyard
0: i don't think she was saying don't do it at all to be honest i don't think she was saying that i don't think she was trying to incite a race war per se but it's clear as day that cnn misrepresented her completely
2: yeah yeah, yeah
4: completely they took something out cuz they had a particular agenda or they had a particular But what and is they were marketing
0: it. what is cnn's agenda because I think I have, a th- I have a, an idea, a theory, in a colloquial sense. I think it's to do with something that's called critical race theory. Now, this was an idea that I think was born in the 1980s and started becoming widely adopted in academia in the Oh, 1990s. like Phrenology. Oh, go on.
4: Isn't phonology about faces or lines or something?
0: Bumps on the head. That's it. What a fucking waste. Basically, essentially the idea of a critical race theory is that the uh, law enforcement, the entire judicial system is so inherently racist by virtue of being written by old white men that you cannot actually hold black criminals or ethnic minority criminals responsible for their own actions. They're just victims, relentless victims of white oppression day in, day out. And that's why they lash out and act in criminal ways. History created the maze,
1: it doesn't matter if you walk into the walls. What?
4: well it's a vicious cycle really isn't it whereby they 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 feel that they are pushed into fulfilling a caricature of what you know being black is in america and then when they go and act out in frustration they are then perpetuating that stereotype that myth and all the negative attention they get is really just reinforcing a less than perfect picture of being a, a, a black american
0: i hear you but is that cnn is that their job to do that
4: uh, no and, uh, no they, they're, they're news reporters They should be impartial They should be should be delivering the fact
1: No new, News yeah. nowadays creates a narrative There always has to be a hero There always has to be a villain There's no mm. truth in impartiality
0: But you're right Herman, They're They're trying to control the narrative And I believe the narrative is This is all white people's fault This is the white community's fault If there is such a thing as the white community
1: No no I think it's I don't think it's white versus black I think it's power without power but that's the idea white people have power black people don't So no, it I mean, is you, you can jump to that inclusion but I don't think it's a I, not all black people don't have power
0: yeah because there was a mini riot in Baltimore last year mm. and the mayor of Baltimore is a black woman yeah and she famously said um, oh uh, we gave the rioters the space that they needed to destroy why are you hitting yourself why are you <laughs> hitting yourself
3: but, but are there any actual white people in Baltimore no it's, it's got to be at least white. Yeah. yeah,
1: there are I the watched the wire the problem is is America still sees itself as a race-based country as opposed to an actual money-based why is it I'm saying poor is treated like shit Middle class is a reim is not, an invention. He's saying it's not by because the they're black. No, saying. I'm saying originally in history, black was seen as a negative thing. But as people move up and systems start to ignore the concept of race, I don't think that's happened yet. Well, this is the thing with critical race theory: is that they say
0: what you're saying is bullshit. You're pushing the idea of meritocracy and individualism. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas critical race theorists, they don't believe in that. They genuinely do believe that all black people have the same experience, all white people have the same experience, like regardless of class, creed, place in society. That's bullshit. I know, I'm not a big fan of critical race. No, though, it, it, it,
1: it's bullshit. It's an easy narrative because you don't get into any specifics.
2: I mean, I, I'm you interested talk- to know how many white people have been shot.
1: Uh, I actually had a Oh, map. shoot you if you keep mm. interrupting me. <laughs> Statistically, no, I think
0: they've... not not hear
2: about it, obviously.
0: It came out a couple of weeks ago that... If you're a young white man in America, you're actually more likely to be shot dead by a police officer than if you're a young black man.
2: Yeah, but how
4: many
0: white people are there compared to black people? A lot more. I right. think there's so about ten percent so of America the, are is the black. The statistics a really comparable? Well, it's about proportionality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, so certain states, it's far worse than it is in others. I mean, look, make no mistake, LAPD has had serious issues with systemic racism. But I think the, the, the kind of narrative that's coming out is that the entire judicial system is racist, as opposed to there are certain precincts, there are certain states that have issues with race, whereas uh, other ones don't. Like in Dallas, the guy who went around shooting police officers. Dallas has one of the most ethnically diverse police forces in the entire world. Mm. Mm. So why did that happen there? It's because of this false narrative that all police officers are Because there's blue racist. when there's
1: everyone else.
0: I mean, it's so like uh, a critical race theorist would say... Maybe the black say, police officers get turned racist. That's Maybe exactly,
4: they become self-loathing black. That's think,
0: exactly what a critical race theorist think, would say. The problem with... There's a bit of a contradiction that uh, critical race theorists make is that they advocate that the police force should hire more black police officers to tackle the systemic racism. But like I say, there's a contradiction there. Now, I think it's not an entirely false narrative that there are... Yeah, you know, it's obviously not true that there are no racist cops there are no racist judges or what have you but i don't the problem with systemic racism is how do you prove it how would you if you uh, actually came up with an initiative that says we're going to get rid of the systemic racism mm. how do you know you've
2: actually got rid of it probably written by the racist yeah, the, the question, old white people if, if you if you were a <laughs> judge in america in a certain neighborhood and you pulled over someone who are you going to call and <laughs> the possibility is that person yeah that person doesn't put their hands on the on the steering wheel when you tell them to so you take out your gun you say put your hands on the steering wheel and that person's still reaching for something is there more of a chance you'll shoot them cuz they're black
4: i think bigotry and uh, certain stereotypes actually help uh, shape people's unconscious decisions and the vast majority of people do have a slight leaning towards white people in terms of mm. preferring to work with or like you know having positive thoughts towards and they're not asked direct questions about this so I think even in do you like, like basic society chicken? there's an underlying level of bigotry and I'm not going to call it racism like bigotry whereby you have these like uh, perceived thoughts about how
0: people act or what they're going to do the problem with what you're saying Cam right you can make that presumption every single time Right, because look, there's going to be cases where look at the abundance of guns in America. Right, there's going to be cases where a young black man is a criminal who illegally is owning a, who owns a gun illegally who has just taken a pop shot at a police officer. Right now, the problem with what you're saying is if that police officer shoots back, you can say, "Oh, the only reason they they shot fire... No, the is because they're is The problem other ones. That's- the problem
2: ones. The problem is the ones who don't have a gun and who aren't going to shoot the police officer. But because. <laughs> That's the that's the difficulty because they, they they don't have a respect for the authority of the police officer. Then they won't listen to what they're being told to do and just do what they're told so as to lessen whatever the impact of the situation is. They can't, You can't legislate for the fact that the police officer you happen to get is going to be a racist. I mean, you have to respect the authority of the police officer. Again, But it's they're un- building up a culture where it's like, no, 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 the police, we're, they're against So even if they're actually not criminals, they're susceptible to violence. But
0: unconscious that. racism could never be proven or disproven.
2: Yeah, but even with unconscious racism put to put the it side, it's just not doing what you're told by a police officer. We're, I mean, we don't like it. Yeah, I can say that that's, what that's, you're that's, told that's, by that's police
4: nurture versus nature in the sense that you're brought up to disrespect authority. It didn't used to be that back way back in the nineteen yeah. do do seventies. There used to be a lot guns. more respect for authority. <laughs> People would follow instructions readily.
0: Do you, but you think, I think that's eroded over time? Do you think there's more of an anti police sentiment amongst young whites or amongst young blacks?
4: I think it's generic across races, but I think it's probably taught more into the black community. And that's what type me of thinking. Schooling is I, this? Would, I would probably <laughs> agree with that. Everyone's <laughs> got bigotry, or everyone's got, you know, bigoted well, points a of, of view, but that's just to varying some, degrees.
0: But that's not something a critical race theorist would actually agree with. They would say only white not people. not the fucking
4: answer. That's just. <laughs> but <laughs> I know, be, but
0: they're having a really big influence in terms of how the police operate, in terms of how both local and state government a, a, like approach this issue mm. like critical race theory like I said it started in academia in like uh, American academia in the 80s and then started getting adopted more and more along with things like uh, racial sensitivity training diversity training these things became popular in the 90s yeah, and they're now starting to enter into mainstream consciousness today like people are aware of them a lot of companies are adopting these ideas but the problem with saying only whites can be racist like blacks it's not technically impossible for them to be racist I think it's it's, like, it's an infantilization right yeah, and what is the fundamental, what is the fundamental difference between an adult and a child apart from age? The difference is we consider children to not be responsible for their actions because they're not mature enough to know entirely to not be cognizant entirely of what they're doing right yeah, yeah whereas really, an adult really you, you would you would assume they know what they're doing they're responsible for their actions their behavior which
4: time they became accountable yeah
0: yeah and the so, so, so critical suffering. race theory it favours heavily narratives over actual empirical statistical evidence. Like They're far more concerned with how people feel about something rather than looking at the statistics. So take, for example, Michael Brown in Ferguson last year. This is what kicked off the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, he was, I think it was about 15, 16, something like that. He went into a store. He manhandled the store clerk there. Uh, I believe he robbed a box of cigarillos. He then... Cigarellos? <laughs> and then he went outside which, uh, yeah. but they, he went outside and he saw a police officer sat in his squad car with the window uh, wound down and he reached through the police car punched the police officer in the face uh, the officer gets out of the car draws his gun mm. uh, Michael Brown begins to run stops turns round and then uh, the forensic evidence shows he, it appears as though he reached for the officer's gun and then the officer shot him dead right now the narrative that Black Lives Matter pushed was the hands up, don't shoot. In other words, Michael Brown was running away. They said he was initially shot in the back. The forensic evidence shows he wasn't shot in the back, he was shot in the front. And it also shows he didn't have his hands up, he wasn't surrendering whatsoever. But a critical race theorist would say, well, that narrative might not necessarily be true, but it could be true.
3: I'm pretty sure there was video to show that actually it was true.
0: No, 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 it was completely contradicted by uh, there were around forty two total eyewitnesses who came forward saying they saw it, right? Were they all white? Were that they all blue eyed
1: devils? Really. Not all brown of them are black.
0: All of the eyewitnesses that said, yep, yeah, he, he put his hands up, he was facing he was running away, he got shot in the back, all of them were not credible witnesses. They like they would ask them questions what was Michael what was he wearing? when you saw him where did it happen where in the street did it happen and it wouldn't corroborate with the physical forensic evidence mm. and that's how and a lot of them admitted to the fact that they didn't actually see anything they were just lying for the sake of it but there were around 16 17 credible witnesses left who all acknowledged he wasn't running away he didn't have his hands up and it probably was a justified shooting but to a critical race theorist the facts don't matter it's the narrative that matters and it could have been true if you know if the judicial system is so inherently racist, that story could have been true. So, and that's what really matters. There is another
3: way of looking at that, of course. The guy has a gun. If the guy didn't have a gun in the first place, there's nothing to reach for. The cop? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he just got punched in the face. So what are you saying, take Why away... Why has
3: he got a gun in the first place? Uh, yeah, yeah, a bigger story. Because it's it?
0: America, where guns are legal. Well, do you
3: do? Well, we could talk about the Second Amendment as much as anyone really wants to. I don't even got <laughs> time to do it now, but, you know... It's funny when you see the reactions that American cops get to seeing how British cops are trained. Mm. De-escalation. Yeah, basically. It is yeah.
0: a reality for American American cops every year. I don't know the exact number, but there are police officers in America who get shot dead through routine things like a traffic violation, like a tail light being out. They get shot dead as they walk up to the side door, like, you know, the passenger window driver's window I mean,
1: the problem I see with this race riot stuff is the narrative always has to have a winner and a loser we beat the cops or the cops beat us there's always a winner and a loser and that's a overlaying narrative that doesn't have to matter it but it does control the narrative and that destroys any type of coming to the table and trying to sort something out because it's always us versus them the individual versus the system do you and think th- and there'll ne- never be a change of that? That's how America. That's how we're becoming. Do you think it's healthy to look at society in these kind
0: of ways of one ethnic demographic versus another ethnic demographic? Unless it's a battle royale type, they know, like the Japanese film, or
1: yeah, <laughs> or just the concept
0: of a battle royale isn't there a danger if black people start identifying themselves as being in opposition to anything they deem as white or whiteness because they like, I, I remember I was working with a black community activist right and I raised this in conversation and everyone else in the room was like Tom you can't say that blah 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 but she turns to me and she's like, yeah, that's actually a real serious problem that the black community is trying to deal with. Young black men saying to other young black men, stop trying to be white, stop trying to get good grades at school, stop working hard, stop joining extracurricular activities. Yeah, it sounds
4: a bit counterproductive.
0: And, do you remember our friend, uh, uh, this was around the time, after he, they said that to him, he started, do you remember he used to listen to like Will Smith, a lot of pop music. The whitest black,
4: black men, aren't like, like, they? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And then after that, it was all gangster hip hop after that. And he started wearing like really baggy trousers and putting it down below his waist. Like his whole... Just
3: wear a belt, man.
0: (laughs) But his whole mentality changed as a result of that. I don't think he'd ever considered himself to be white in any way whatsoever. And then when the black kid said that to him, I think it kind of triggered something in his brain. Well, he probably started
4: to critically evaluate
0: himself. Yeah, but why would you, why would you suddenly think, actually, I'm not... Because I remember he was like, he wasn't a straight A student. He was kind of no, like he was B smart. average. He was above average, yeah. you know, do you know what I mean, easily. Yeah, and you're talking about going to the chess club. Is, he was good at chess. But his grade started slipping after that moment, right? He yeah. started just not giving a shit about school. I think it happened to a
4: lot of people as well.
0: I don't think he ever questioned he was black before right. then. Well, you until
4: think he started to uh, overact a black stereotype in that case, he? Subsequently, and subsequently made his grades drop. And in I think he tried to.
0: I think he tried to fit in with his black peers skills by, by acting like a moron. Maybe not a moron, but more what was accepted. He's probably a lot more laid back, but... But I think it was it was his peers, it was peer pressure. And I think he, for the first time in his life, he started looking at white peers and black peers differently and started making a distinction between the two. And that's... That's the end of segment two. Moving on to segment three. Talking about talking about dc versus marvel can dc save their movie franchise so dc obviously attempting to mimic marvel's cinematic universe but uh, unlike marvel who took their time building up to the big ensemble cast with a whole bunch of heroes all appear in the same movie dc kind of rushed it a bit
3: did, did they because um, there weren't that many Marvel films out already with all of the characters in fact they still haven't made movies for all of the characters
4: they've done the they've done the groundwork Marvel had with their um the solo individual movies, yeah. solo movies <laughs> and which made sense for them to come together because you had this backstory whereas like say for the Suicide Squad for example when that played they spent a good third of the film introducing and explaining the backstories to the characters and then you got into the action the action suffered is it not the action the actual story and the actual story suffered as a result it just became uh, it was just a horrible mess of repetition and cheesiness they oh, yeah. did they did the groundwork basically Marvel well, they, did they, yeah. they introduced
3: yeah. Iron Man and Captain America and they had a, and Thor. one piece of Thor, yeah, Thor yeah and I know the Hulk was there but that was a long time before they even conceived the idea but Pete everyone knows who the fucking Hulk is though. they can let that slide but the point is
4: everyone knows
0: who Thor or knew who Thor was so you had Batman versus Superman which was like DC's attempt I would say a bit of a like an uh, Avengers alluding to yeah and like trying to build the stepping stone into the, the cinematic universe yeah. it had a bad start with Man of Steel I thought that film was actually pretty awful
2: was a failure
0: I I didn't hate Man of Steel DC's latest offering Suicide Squads was uh, in terms of critical acclaim was basically not a very good movie is pretty poor but in terms of box office sales it did 500 million dollars worldwide so I mean in terms of box office revenue DC aren't hurting at all they're comparable with Marvel but the films themselves are just not very good yeah okay they may have done well
4: I'd say that DC have actually benefited from the groundwork that Marvel put in whereby they kind of put in this i this series of consistently to a degree widely supported and accepted films like people started to love it was the age of the superhero film and then DC has kind of ridden that wave a little bit and, and yeah they faltered coat a bit but they've actually benefited tails. from the surge in interest in you know fantasy and sci-fi
0: but do you think oh. the yeah, DC poorly. films would you say DC That's films really are as good as the Marvel f- offerings
3: I'm still not sure that Marvel offerings are particularly all that good I'm not talking just about Avengers here but four, are they better than the DC you get a comparison Thor 2 who was diabolically awful. Yeah, it Cliched. It's probably as bad as Man of Steel and possibly Superman Returns.
1: Uh, as and much however, money as the DC Suicide Squad brought in, I don't think people are taking into account cinemas because cinemas have actually kind of a strong union in America, right? Okay, that they only make money between the second uh, after the second and third week. On some big blockbusters, they won't make money till the fourth week. Okay. And they need return trade. The first set of weeks is the money goes straight back to the studio, virtually. And they make their money on the popcorn and stuff like that. Yeah. But they can make money off movies if people keep returning to it. Okay. That's the thing with the DC movies, they make great first weeks but then no return trade after. That's because why cinemas have to keep coming in.
0: And The reason, they're, that, is, and they're getting the reason pin- that is is because people are seeing it the
1: first week and then telling their
0: friends and the reviews are coming out that actually the film's awful. And that's why the second week takens there's a big drop off. No, I know. And that's what I'm saying. Whereas Marvel doesn't suffer from that.
1: No, but that's what I'm saying. DC aren't doing so well because they're getting pressure from these cinema chains, some owned also by Warner Brothers and places like yeah. that, that they're getting pressure to actually, they're fucking up the actual theatrical releases and de- and Warner Brothers are saying it doesn't matter we'll just release it on DVD it's fine we care about the initial release and I'm saying it isn't doing so well you're saying
3: they're doing well but the thing is with something like that say Batman v Superman made more money in the second and third weeks than they did in the first week oh, despite the terrible reviews because people basically want to go and see how bad it could possibly have been um, but you take something like Suicide Squad will sell regardless of whether or not there have been superhero movies beforehand Suicide Squad and movies like it will sell not necessarily because of the characters because it that wasn't are in that it. expensive it probably wasn't I mean Jared Leto probably cost about 100 mil himself but it's not about the characters or even the story people want to go and see the superstars who are in it so it's got Will mm. Smith for no other reason than he's going to sell the movie DC
0: characters are iconic enough on the name recognition alone to draw in an audience
3: for, for the big ones absolutely I mean for the big ones you're looking at So, like Batman
0: versus Superman, the name of that alone is going to draw. Yeah. Would you say the Marvel characters or the DC characters are more iconic than the other?
4: I'd say. Batman and Superman are more iconic. Batman, Superman, Spider Man, Captain America, Hulk. These are like staple superhero names, but I'd say Superman and Batman more so than the others. I think their time has been overshadowed now by the rise in popularity through animated computer game and like uh, film adaptations of the comic characters but in the past it's always been Superman and Batman and I think they still have an edge. top
0: two yeah. yeah I think they're still the top two most recognisable comic yeah. book characters everyone knows yeah. who they are
2: but they're not looking to make a billion dollars they're just looking up the set, they're not looking the set to make money. Warner Brothers let's say of course own, own, own DC up. I don't think that they're they not doing it for the generosity that they would earn a billion dollars per the mo- per I movie I think they looked at the takings of Marvel's attempts and they hoped to, to at least match, it. match. But I think they pretty much done that, although Batman v Super didn't. Yeah, and again, do the argument
4: is, though, why have it's they cheaper managed to achieve it over Marvel. And I think Marvel have economies of scale. Poignant question considering that? how poor and how far behind they are compared to the
2: Marvel machine. But they have economies of scale. It's all mm. cheaper, a bit cheaper for there Marvel. Is of,
3: there is one other thing, like talking about takings from movies, though, is that the numbers, the amount that's generated, and the amount of income that comes from each movie has increased regardless of who it is really anyway so you know the piece of shit that was Age of Ultron made more money than the previous superhero movie that came before it yeah. the one that came after that made more money again mm. um, I think the only one that kind of broke that one was actually probably 4-2 which was also an epic pile of dog turd yes who's the bigger brand Marvel or DC Marvel have the easier characters yeah, to recognise but if you're talking about who are the two most recognisable characters in comics yeah, are probably Superman and Batman, mm. probably. I
1: see, I think what people are forgetting as well is the recognisable brand of comic book movie. Yeah, that's a brand
0: in that itself. That is
1: or... the big brand itself. It spawned its own pressure on it. That's why you're getting other publishers coming in or other people doing these three, four, five movie tri- uh, trilogies or quadrilogies of, like, say, old movie monsters or Godzilla-type things because... There it fits the comic book movie brand. Yeah. That's the pressure more than anything. It doesn't matter if your first movie fails, your second movie fails, you have a running track setting setting up. By the time that comes along, you've already got four or five movies to go.
0: Hmm. I think the genius of the Marvel cinematic universe is if the current movie you're watching, say you're currently watching Thor 2 and you're like, Oh my god, this movie's awful, you're kind of forgiving Marvel because you know there's something down the pipeline that so might be good. It redeem it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Infinity War. Are they trying to fit too many comics into one movie with that, though? Uh, well, they've already done the groundwork. Too they, much they've story. They've told the story, um, up to it. Everyone but, wants Thanos but, to appear.
3: I think the thing is, though, is, again, you look at the stories themselves, a lot of that is in there from the comic books. <sighs> mm. So you have source material to then take and then kind of bring with you. So Civil War, for example, is more than loosely based on the uh, Civil War book that came out in 2005. It's set differently, it hasn't got as many characters, but the story, anyone who's read the book will recognise the film very quickly. Issues with movies, for example, like Batman v Superman, there's a lot of source material, um, and they try to use it all. One thing
0: I found with that film is, I I haven't read a lot of the comics and even played some of the video games, which I think a certain subplot some of them was yeah. to do with uh, in the what was the video game where it's kind of Mortal Kombat-esque but with DC DC Cut- Universe Injustice Injustice, Injustice to Injustice, bring about yeah, yeah. Injustice 2 I hadn't seen quite good. I hadn't seen any of those things right and so there was a bit in uh, Batman versus Superman where the Flash appears and uh, I had no idea who that was right and I had to go look online to figure out oh that was the Flash because when you when you could have seen it in the credits I didn't say <laughs> but that's the thing I would have seen effort. the flash there and I would have gone when did the flash appear I didn't see the flash
4: yeah, true. You I had to, work to it my out. girlfriend Come who was watching her. with me yeah. who the fuck and what the fuck was going on and I, think and Marvel, I do agree that they, 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 they really expected the, the public yeah, to, to already have know a prior knowledge
0: of the story essentially Yeah, but I it's think Marvel, story Marvel are much better at that like, I don't, I haven't read a lot oh, of the yeah. Marvel comics. It's paint people. by numbers comic book, yeah, like you know. simplistic.
3: Yeah, but we... there's, but there's, I think the, the crux of everything there is it's paint by numbers. Yeah, comic movies. I, I've discussed this with Hyman on numerous occasions about Marvel movies. They all have the same formula. The, ca- the the last two Captain America movies, not so much. Both Winter Soldier and Civil War kind of stepped out of that realm. Yeah, they stood out because mm-hmm. of absolutely. Um, I really enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy partly because they were characters that I wouldn't have expected to sell.ing It's you know made its hundreds of millions Mm. Um, Ant-Man was a very good movie but again even that is an origin movie for the superheroes that Marvel are trying to push it's all a formula of sorts Mm. part of the problem I found with DC movies there's a big history for a lot of these characters 70 plus years kind of thing for a lot of them absolutely some of I know I keep saying, but some of the source material for that is very confusing at times, depending on who's been writing at that particular moment in time, and the fact that it changes or is updated on a fairly regular basis, um, probably every two or three years by DC on a standing kind of run. Would you Something say like
0: Marvel are taking yeah. the easy road when it comes to making the films, whereas DC are trying to like? Don't Marvel put a lot of pressure on their directors to say like to make the film like this, make it yeah. follow that formula? That's
1: why um, Edgar Wright was kicked off Ant Man. Because he had a totally different visual style yeah, to tell the story. Deviate from the formula.
3: Yeah. Um, I just think, the, the as I said, everyone knows the Marvel characters. You, there's, there is a lot of depth to them if you really want to get into it, but they haven't tried selling it on that basis. DC kind of, sh- well, it's not even DC shot themselves in the foot. The Nolan brothers shot DC in the foot with the Batman trilogy. That they, was a hugely successful. It was massively successful, but it kind of potentially set a precedent for movies to come, which no one ever really followed. DC, if I, I find a sort of split between the whole, we're trying to develop these characters and show why these characters are who they are, what they do, what their limitations are, and we want to make you realise all of this. And that's what Batman Begins did for the Batman trilogy, so you didn't have that for two and three. Um, DC now are trying to do that, as well as trying to do the fairly formulaic Marvel route, and you can't really do both. Um Look at the TV shows that have come out as well. Mm. Marvel TV shows, like the ones on They've on Netflix. They just started though, yeah. Yeah, They've the ones what, on Netflix. 3-0? Like, Daredevil was the first series was brilliant. The second mm. one was even better because of the Punisher. Jessica Jones was fantastic. But these are characters who, if you read the comics, you know who you know, you know who these
4: guys are. That's what I think DC have cleaned up over Marvel. They've on definitely TV. released a lot of more
3: TV programs and animated films. I think a lot, well, a lot more animated films, definitely. I think a lot more watchable. TV series, yeah, 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 and I think that's the thing you can't really split these two. Like, when you talk about movies, they're two completely different universes: the TV universe versus the the cinematic universe. But how do you hedge on who is possibly ahead? You know, DC for the last thirty years have had shows on TV of some variety. You know um, Smallville, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but they the, were
4: completely non-canon. Marvel have gone down the way where the films and TV are canon; they're in the same
3: to universes. a point. But they haven't, not the Netflix ones, but obviously my yeah, uh, Ag- agents. In the, the cinematic like, Yeah. How? Daredevil I mean,
4: was introduced starting talking about I swear it's
0: talking about yeah, the, the New York it was and New York incident. Alright, but yeah. bring this back. Mm.
2: Do you think <laughs> that's uh, why Marvel uh, rule <laughs> I find powerful yeah, like, I wish I knew the song The Marvel Universe, the Marvel Mary March Mar- oh, Mary oh, Marvel geez, Marching Society. Something. They've song. disowned that song, <laughs> haven't they, like twenty years ago? No, why? It's
0: about white pride. <laughs> <laughs> superhero Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i said earlier that the genius of the marvel cinematic universe is that you're always looking forward to the next film down the line now the thing with dc their their films three in a row have had pretty bad reviews right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the next film i think is june next year wonder woman yeah is that any we, excitement for wonder she's Woman? Fair. do you think she's gonna
4: she is, but her tits don't fill out that costume
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry is she gonna rescue the DC uh, movie.
2: No, I don't franchise. think she's going to rescue it, okay, so but I think case, it's yeah. going
4: to be a lot better than
0: the Superman
2: film. I'll pay to go. She can't act. Yeah, that's
4: well, it. She's a model. Base- but, well, yeah.
3: but it's all about the supporting cast. Yeah, are you excited back, but... for Wonder Woman, though? I, I can't get excited for. <laughs> not, not horny. Invincible. For. For. <laughs> well, there's something else again. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, she's a big,
2: Amazonian. invulnerable character. And a woman. And a woman. That's appealing to me to see a woman like fighting and destroying the <laughs> thing. That's, that's only really looking world. at him first. I, 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 I enjoyed to see a woman like Women really fight, fighting, like in Batman v Superman, the way they portrayed it, it was really cool. Uh, Hyman, excited for <laughs> Wonder Woman? No.
0: Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
3: The real question is are you still going to go
0: watch it? Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to pay to go see it I wouldn't pay, no I'm kind of done with comic book movies in general You've been
4: saying it for a number of years I I
0: didn't see Suicide Squad And I'm not going to You're too jaded
4: I don't blame you for that. I didn't go and see Guardians of the Galaxy. And said, oh no, I did
0: go and see it in the cinema.
4: Originally, I didn't like really? it,
0: but watching it a second time, it actually became. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous the invasion bit where they put their little ships together to form the shield. That <laughs> yeah, was fucking, that was the I was laughing bit. so
4: much. To their faces, and then they all blow it's up. Like literally <laughs> screaming at an unstoppable force.
3: <laughs> I can I say how incredibly disappointed I am that no one has mentioned Deadpool in this entire conversation
0: that's because that's that was a, a that's real a deviation g- from the formula yeah it's too ironic very good though but I don't th- I don't know if it would work again now though um, that type of film where you're breaking the fourth wall reference like highly referenced, self-referential to the movie universe yeah generally. I
4: think Deadpool I don't it
2: only Deadpool can do it I think
4: they bringing cable in with him next time aren't they <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah. Be
2: cool.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Tom Dickenhyman Show, episode 23. Thank you very much to our special guest, Russ. Hope you enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, it was It was, It was. It was. fun. I need more booze, though.
0: <laughs> more moonshine. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, thank you very much for uh, making your Herculean effort to get here, despite a flat tire. It's the kind of man I am. Superman. <laughs> yeah. Adam, once again. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it low-talking son of a bitch
4: (laughs) (laughs) gotta get that bass boy
0: (laughs) and of course my partner in crime Hyman thank you once again for being here I will sell you out to the police you motherfucker (laughs) alright ladies and gentlemen that was the Tom Dick and Hyman show episode 23 until next time